we are going to uh, take the communion together. We consider this the table of the Lord. And all are invited to come who wish to partake. This is not about membership in the church. It's not about belonging to an organization or denomination. This is about doing in remembrance of Jesus. The Bible says that we proclaim his death until he comes. It's part of our proclamation. That we believe in the death of Jesus, what the death of Jesus meant, and still we had the exclamation point and, and the bringing the path, all that his death meant, his resurrection. And we proclaim that because Christ has died, and Christ is risen, and Christ is coming again. And we proclaim it until he comes. So the table of the Lord is a place where you come after self-examination to check your heart. If there are things in your heart that you find that are between you and God, maybe things that you just know don't need to be there, should not be there, to ask forgiveness as you come this morning. But this is the table of the Lord. It doesn't matter if, if, if you've been doing this for a long time, you're brand new at it, being a Christian. This is for all of us come and partake. And I believe that these things, though they're symbolic, there's something more to them than just being symbolic. There's something when Jesus tells us to do these things, whether it's the, the great sacraments of baptism and partaking of communion, there's something there. And it's the connection. It opens us. And I believe the Lord will meet you here today. So we would ask that you want to, nobody has to, if you want to this morning, to partake of communion that Kind of at the way to center aisles where we can kind of go through on the outside. I know we got the kids in with us for worship this morning. So parents, if you got your child with you and you want them to partake, you can. Uh, but I will explain it a little bit personally. I'll give you time to do that before we partake together in just a few moments. So if you wish to partake this morning, I ask you to come this morning and grab the elements and, and take them back to your seat.
And we give our praise to you. We give our worship to you. In other words, we give our lives to you. To live for you and to live in you and by you and to live for you. In everything that we do, each and every day, we praise you this morning. We worship you.
Show us and remind us every day that we don't know 
little faith, whatever little mustard seed faith is doing in the world today. Father, we just don't understand that every single time that we give, we have our faith to put our tithes in the offering plate. It pays the light bill, it pays the internet bill, it keeps us here, and we keep on the live stream and people across the world. We don't know who's watching the court, so I just pray in the name of Jesus that you would encourage and you would bless every one of us in here, Father, because you have the way to do it that I don't. But Lord, I just pray and I thank you, Father, for our, for our blessings, Lord. I don't pray for them because I know that you will bless us, Father, over our, our, uh, our faithfulness. So I just go ahead and give you the praise and the thanks and the honor and the glory in Jesus' name.
the Holy Spirit. We're going to continue in that today. That song we were singing. There are times in life when it feels like you're surrounded. Have we all ever been there? Yes. But just remember, He's with you, and you're actually surrounded by Him. It, you will not find your time in the persecution of church, you find us in Acts and so forth, where the church kind of scatters. But ultimately, there is never a time when the church shrinks back. You know that? And we, we always are standing. This, there's not a time in the scriptures you're going to find where it says, well, you can take a break from being a light in the world, to the world. Well, there's certain circumstances you can quit being enlightened. Turn it off, put it, put it under the, the ball, and just stick it in the corner somewhere. We are a light to the world no matter what is happening. The church does not shrink back. But we're a light for him in what? The proclamation of the gospel, of the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, you can make a stand for other stuff, but if you're never standing for Jesus, I would suggest you get back to the center line of what it means to be a Christian. Am I right? Yeah. That we do not forsake the calling we have as believers in the midst of no matter what is happening in our world. Whether it was from the very first time that the church went forward, we find the book of Acts, and all, all the things that are happening, and then, then the rest through history. So we are standing here today. We are the continued church that was birthed in the book of Acts, it's going to continue on way beyond us. We never stop being the light to the world. Don't, don't get, get so just whatever with everything happening, you forget the basic calling that we all share as believers. <laughs> as we're empowered by the Holy Spirit to be a light in this world for the good news of Jesus. Because if by no other name, no other way, no other fashion, if you can be saved. Amen? So we stand in that. So turn to your neighbor. It's not my message. It's kind of like whatever I'm thinking right now. But turn to your neighbor and tell them, be a light. Let them know. Be a light. Tell them, don't shrink back. Come on, we got to be strong as a church. The world, the world needs Jesus. All right, John chapter 3 and verse number 1. Gospel of John. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. It's our third week in this series. It's kind of been... Uh, breaking down the, the activity of the Holy Spirit. We believe in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God, as we find in Deuteronomy chapter 6, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Amen. Amen. But God in three persons, three workings, three personalities, a lot of different ways that the church described the, what we call the doctrine of the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All co-eternal always will be eternal. The workings of the Holy Spirit are, are part of the redemptive work of God in our world. So, Jesus, God in flesh, He ascends and He promises the coming of the Spirit. I would encourage you, if you've been missing this, uh, to get into uh, Gospel John chapter 14 through 16. Jesus talks a lot about uh, the work of the Holy Spirit where we've been recently. But the Holy Spirit sent into the world takes the location of the work of God around the world. Right? So as we find the people of God as called through Abraham in the Old Testament, a very localized work for the most part, called to a promised land, 
right? A, a group of people specifically called to be his people, eventually to a temple where the Spirit of God will reside and reside very local. Jesus coming and modeling for very, again, a very local work around that area. But then when Jesus ascended, the Holy Spirit comes, and now this is a worldwide work. No longer localized and centralized to anybody who would believe. No longer a centralized place of residing in the Spirit of God, like a temple, like the temple, but we all are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Worldwide work. And, and the Holy Spirit comes. He's called the comforter. He's called the counselor. He's the one who convicts the world. Uh, he's the spirit of truth. All these different things we've been talking about. So there's a general work in the world. The Holy Spirit is active right now. The activity of God in our world today, ever since the Spirit was sent, is the activity of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit is the one, again, uh, brings conviction, as we're going to talk today, goes born of God, or born of the Spirit, and so forth. So God is at work in this world. He has not stopped. He is doing what he does and is in the activity of the Holy Spirit. So today, I want to talk specifically about what it means to those who believe. So last week we talked in general that, that the Holy Spirit is in the world. He's convicting the world. That's everybody. In regards to sin and righteousness and judgment. It is the job of the Holy Spirit to be conviction in the world is not our job as a church. We as a church share the light of Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes with our sharing to be the conviction to the message. Yes. I share Jesus, the Holy Spirit is the conviction. Yes. I'm not to share Jesus and then try to convict everybody, tell them what's wrong and judge them. The Holy Spirit convicts the world in regards to sin and righteousness and judgment. God in our place. Yes. Amen. But for the believer, the Holy Spirit is very specific in its work. So John chapter 3 in verse number one, we're going to read a handful of different scriptures today and talk about them for a few moments. John 3, 1 says, and there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. So in other words, this guy knew the scriptures as they stood at that time. The law. He knew the working of the prophets. So Nicodemus was a Pharisee. And as a matter of fact, he was a ruler of the Jews. Verse 2, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So even those that opposed him began to see that while he must be from God, or, or the miracles that were happening couldn't happen. And Jesus kind of jumps to the sharp moment. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said that, how can a man be born when he is old? So he's thinking very logically here. Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, truly, truly, in other words, pay attention to me. I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you not know where it comes from, where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. And Nicodemus said, well, how can these things be? Everybody must be born again. Amen. Right here. Okay? Now, 
I want you to understand something this morning because it's very important. When we start using words, and there's a, when you read through scripture, the different authors and writers are inspired to write, often they use different ways of saying the same thing. And sometimes you've got to kind of connect those in your mind. So when we say the word to be saved, uh, as Jesus is using here to be, to be born again, uh, as we'll read it in, in a few moments here, 2 Corinthians 5, a, a new creation, a new creature. Uh, that you be given a new life, Romans 6, 4. Uh, that you're forgiven, you're set free, and as we're going to see later, that you're adopted, and, and we're the sons and daughters of God. These are all the same thing. But you must be born again. You must be saved. You must be made a new creation. You must come into the adoption of sons and daughters of God. You must be. These words are not symbolic of something. To be born again is a literal, actual event of your life. And you've got to see that. Okay? Now, we believe that the entire scripture is not just a bunch of philosophy or nice ideas, but these are actual, real-time, historical events. Do we not? So when it comes to Jesus and some of the early heresies of the church had to do with Jesus, and was he really here in, in actual physical form? Did he really die on the cross? These were some of the early church heresies that pushed back against some of that stuff. We believe that Jesus was here in flesh. He was a person. That God in flesh died on a cross. Actual historical event. That he literally bodily rose from the dead. We believe that. So, say that to say this, then when it comes to be born again, as Nicodemus asked, well, how can that happen? I mean, we're, we're here, we're born, but can we really go back and be in our mother's womb and be born again? And, and, and at that point, sometimes I think our mind starts thinking symbolically. Because obviously, at your salvation, you didn't go back to your mom's womb and be born again. No, thank you. All right? But when you were born again, literally something happened in you. Yes. Right. You literally were made a new creation. You were spiritually renewed. Yeah. You believe that? Yeah. Something happened. You are not the same. God did a work in you. How did it happen? We're going to read it in just a second. But now I have an opportunity to live new life because I literally have been made new by the power of God. Now, if you think about this, especially in regards to sin, it's not just symbolically I'm born again, so let's try to stay away from sin. You have been made new. Why would you go back to the oldness that you've been made new from, literally, and stay in your sin? Why would you do that? It's not like, well, I'm symbolically saved, symbolically born again, symbolically made new creation. It's just tough. No, you have been saved. You have been made new. You have the starting point to live free from your sin. Don't take the old nature back on. You've been set free. So Ephesians uh, chapter number one. I'm sorry. We'll get to that later. Let's go to Titus chapter three. Jump in. 
Titus chapter 3. I need you to get in your heart today that you are literally a new creation. Titus chapter 3 and verse number 4. But when the goodness and loving kindness of, our, of God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own, his own mercy. So again, you can't earn your salvation. You can't earn being made new. No. Not possible. That is why the works of the law were insufficient. They fell short. They're a way of calling people out. They're a way of starting to, to form a just and properly worshiping society. But ultimately, they could not save your soul. You could not be saved by them. You could not be made new by them. You could not be transformed by them. You could not be made a new creation by it. It is only through the cross and the resurrection and now the coming Holy Spirit that does the work that makes you new. So you can't earn it. Amen. Is that right? So quit trying to beat yourself over the head that you have to earn your salvation. You can't earn it from the start, and you can't keep earning it later. Right? So it's not by us. It's by the work of the kindness and the mercy of God. Now watch this. By the washing of regeneration. That is another kind of a, a word that again means to be born again. And renewal of, of what? Who is the regeneration and the renewal of a person? The Holy Spirit. Yes. Verse 6. Who be poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Verse 7. So being justified by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So for the believer, at the point of repentance, at the point of when you meet Jesus, Whatever you call your salvation moment, however it happened, whether Jesus courted you for a long time and all of a sudden you came to this realization and, and gave your life to him, or he just kind of crashed through your life like a wrecking ball, however it happened, at that moment, the Holy Spirit renewed you. For he is the spirit of regeneration. When we say, I got Jesus in my heart, what you're saying is the Holy Spirit is in me and he made me new. That's what you're saying scripturally. So the Holy Spirit is the one who makes you born again, renews you spiritually, makes you a new creation. He is the one that is the spirit of adoption in you, which we'll read in a moment. But it is the work of the Holy Spirit in you that brings your ultimate salvation, and it's the work of God. The activity of God in our world is the work of the Holy Spirit. So he is in us and he is moving through us and it is in him that we are spiritually made new. So 2 Corinthians 5, verse number 17, and I think we've alluded to this, some of you are familiar with this passage of scripture. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse number 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? New creation. Now notice what it said. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled himself, uh, us to himself and gave us the ministry 
of reconciliation, and so forth. So the work of new creation, because we're in him, happens because of the regeneration of the work of the Holy Spirit in us. You are made new. Now, how easily can the newness of spiritual rebirth be taken from you? You literally have to walk away and say, I don't even want this whole thing. There's nothing they can do to you physically. There's nothing they can do to you mentally. They can literally kill your body, but they cannot touch the spiritual renewal that God has made in you through the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You hear me? Yes, that's right. You are deposited and sealed by the Holy Spirit, and you belong to who? To Him. So, so read uh, what I said before, and I, I jumped ahead. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. The cord of your salvation is not subject to be clipped off. It is a life of walking away from God that you endanger that which He has made new in you. When you continue to turn back to the old and do not allow the newness of life to overtake who you are. Ephesians chapter 1, in verse number 13. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in other words, the good news of Jesus, and you believed in him. So in other words, talking about your salvation moment right there, right? And you believed in him. We're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire the possession of it to the praise of his glory. Then real quick jump to Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 30. And it says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, who, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So not only is there a, a renewal in you at salvation, but at the same time you're marked by him, a seal. However that works is, in other words, you are marked and you are his. It, it, it means genuinely you belong to God. He is in ownership of you. He is in protection of the work he has done in you. And notice, notice that uh, other translations use the word deposit there, the guaranteed deposit. When I put a deposit down on something, I'm basically saying I'm guaranteeing I'm going to pay this in full. So let's do the work. So some of the work we're doing here, sometimes once the carpet stuff, we put a deposit down. They start the work, then I pay them full when the work is done. So the work is complete. So the Holy Spirit is sealing us. He is the deposit guaranteeing the fullness of what is to come. Your mother is. Who can take you from him? Nobody. Who can break that seal? Nobody. I want you to find confidence, not only the new creation you are, but you are marked as his in this world. He can look down on this earth and see those who are marked with the Spirit and say, those are mine. They belong to me. The inheritance that is now in, in coming, but the fullness later, it is there. 
And no matter what happens to them in this world, those are my children. Can you find some confidence in that? Some, some assurance in where we stand in our salvation? Don't take lightly the work of God in your life. When you claim to be His, you are His. Amen. Amen. So Romans chapter 8 and verse number 19. So, so you often, what about this? What if this happens? What if they do this? Don't care. I don't care. You know why? I belong to him. He has marked me as his. Amen? Amen. This, world, this, this world is doing what the world is going to do. I'm going to not shrink back. I'm going to stand as a light for the gospel in knowing that I belong to him. So he said, you take a stand for something. I'm doing it right now. I take a stand for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I take a stand for everybody who would believe will be forgiven and marveled to steal. And I'll live in this world in such a way. Amen. Confident. So Romans chapter number 8. So we're made new. We're marked with seal. Now watch this. Romans 8 and verse number 9. A little bit of passage here. We'll read down through verse 17. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. In fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. In other words, the newness of him. If the spirit of, it, of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, stop for a second. The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Think about that. The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is where? In me. Right here. Think about the power. Think about what that means. The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is right here. Let's keep going. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh or the old man or the sinful way, to live according to that way, to the flesh. For even according to the flesh you will die, but if the, by the Spirit you put the death of deeds in the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. If you do not receive the spirit of slavery, you fall back into fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption as son, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit, our renewed spirit, that we are the children of God, and if children then heirs, Heirs of God and fellow heirs of Christ, provided we suffer with them, in order that we also be glorified with them. Yeah. See that? Yeah. So you're not saved by your works, can't you? 
but then there is a life that comes from the renewed person you are. So we're not to live in the flesh or the old way, the old man, the sinful way any longer. But by the Spirit we live in new life. It is a testimony of what God has done in us. No longer those needs anymore. And we can do that because the Spirit testifies with our spirit that we're the children of God. And in other words, the errors are not only what's to come, but the empowerment to live the life that He's called us to live right now. The reason that we can stand forward and not shrink back and be a life of the gospel now because the Spirit is empowering us. He's helping us live as He's called us to live. We are the heirs of God. Again, be confident. I'm not, I'm not talking about boastful. I'm not talking about prideful. But I want you to be confident that you have been made new. Okay? I want you to be confident that you've been sealed, you've been marked by the Holy Spirit, and you belong to God. Yeah. I also want you to be confident to live the life not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. He is with you to help you do that because you're, you're in unison with Him as far as being a son and a daughter of God. You're an heir. Be confident He's with you. And in that, He's the comforter, He's the counselor, He's the advisor, He's the advocate. And we live by Him. So, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 25. We'll start this with, and let me just, for today's message on the Holy Spirit, we've got another week on this yet. Galatians 5.25 says, So, if we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Are we to live by the Spirit? Yes. Then let us walk according to the Spirit. Because the life that comes from him, again, we've been alluding to this. If you go in front of 525 and find the list of the what? The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, and so forth. <coughs> then right before the list of the fruit of the Spirit, we have a list of some sins that, that have been called maybe the works of the flesh because then you have the fruit of the Spirit. So you have a sinful way of being, the flesh, the old person. And the newness of life that can come because you have been made new through the Spirit. But in order to contrast to do the two and to live in this, then you must live by the Spirit and stay in step with the Spirit. But the good news is He's with you, so it's not ultimately that hard. Because He's with you. And He will help you. Remember, He is the helper. He's the comforter. He's the counselor. He will help you do so. You are not left alone. When you're saved, make new, now you're trying to figure this out. He's with you. In everything that you do, as Jesus said, I didn't leave you as orphans. As we read there, we've been adopted as children of God, right? And as Jesus said, that he will be with you always. There's never a moment in your time that he's with you without him. There's never a moment in your time when you're alone. There's never a moment of time you can't turn to him as your comforter and your counselor. All you do is pray. And the activity of the Holy Spirit in this world is to be an answer and help you in that. He is the application of the wisdom and the knowledge of God in your life. Let's live by him. Be confident in who we are. I am a Christ follower. 
Amen. I have been saved. As I'm working this newness out for the rest of my body, my physical body, my mind, I am being saved. Right? Yes. And when Christ returns again and puts the finality in all things, I will be saved. And we're working this whole thing out right now through the, the application and the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yes. Let's all stand up. We'll close out this morning. I've been pastoring since 1994. Add the number 16. Wow, that's a long time. 1994, 26, 27 years. The world changes so much. The last 27 years, the world's changed a lot. Amen. A lot of different things. But yet, we stand here and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And Lord willing, I'm still doing this another 27 years. I'm old. Some people at that point still have an old man standing here. I will be proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I will not be moved. And I will not change. I stand in the newness of my salvation. No, I'm still working this thing out. But with the confidence that I have been marked and I have been, see, I have been <coughs> marked. You talk about other marks. I have been marked. You're not going to take that mark away. Amen. I stand in confidence in it. I want you to feel the same way. Be encouraged today. Though I may be surrounded, I have been marked. I'm surrounded by Jesus in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Lord, we thank you for your work in our lives. We thank you for our salvation. We thank you for your continued empowerment, your continued wisdom, your continued work in our lives. As we look forward to you coming again, for however long that tarries, we will be a light for you in this world. That others may hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus. And come to their own experience of salvation and renewal and stealing, adopted into the family of God. But we thank you for that. And we praise you for it. In Jesus' name. We all say, Amen. 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 So. If you need prayer about anything this morning, you can come down. We'll pray with you. Uh, otherwise, next step, people, if you want to gather, we'll get together in just a minute. But, uh, be blessed as you go. We'll see you Wednesday night.